0: Hi, I'm Stu A261577
1: and I'm Amy A2411155
0: and welcome to Running Is Bullshit, the podcast that loves to hate running and the 47th best sports podcast on Spotify in Slovakia last week. Whey!
1: Hey, it's amazing. So coming up we'll be talking about whatever has sort of gotten into your skin this week and reading some of your messages.
0: And we've got the Bullshit Running News and a super special guest, it's Park Run Celebrity and presenter of the With Me Now podcast, Danny Norman. I'm so excited about this. Hey! (laughs) I've talked about With Me Now a few times when we've been recommending podcasts, there's always one I recommend, and uh, we're going to get him on the show. We're going to have an actual, like, proper good person on here. Isn't that exciting?
1: It is exciting now because previously, uh, you know, prior to last week, I hadn't actually listened to the podcast because, as I'm sure we'll get into, I don't do parkrun, so oh,
0: yeah, that might a come podcast
1: up. about parkrun, well, the thing is, a podcast about parkrun didn't really appeal to me, but then I listened to it, and it's, like, really good, like... Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I thought, oh, I probably won't be into a podcast about Parkrun. I don't do it. But, like, I was listening to it, and it's just, you know, people talking about Parkrun and so on. I just, I got really into it. I don't know why. God,
0: how many months? How many months have I even gone on about it? Do you want to do Parkrun as well more now, don't you? I bet.
1: No. I want want to listen to the podcast, and I feel like I've been to Parkrun then, you know? (laughs) I feel like I'm part of that community without actually having to go, so it's fantastic.
0: Okay, we're going to decide whether you're bullshit later on. Uh, Amy, what has been your bullshit this week?
1: Well, I fell over again. Whee! <laughs> so, I've fallen over twice in as many weeks. Um, so, of course, people who listened to our last podcast will know that I fell over quite spectacularly, um, three miles into, or was it four miles? I can't remember. Anyway, not very far into a 13-mile run, I fell over. Um, this time, went out for a you know nice 5K relaxing 5k and yep I fell over again I I, I don't know what's wrong with me and the thing is as well like it was again a really bad fall it wasn't just a stumble it was a full-on like smacking the ground and I I think because I was trying to protect the hand that I fell on last time I twisted and I scraped up my other hand and I fell on my back and scraped up all my back (laughs) so it it was awful and that was like less secluded as well because it was um like mid-afternoon it was right in front of um ITV Wales, so quite a you know, busy area. Um yeah. And I just got up and I carried on running, so I thought I know people saw that, but I can't look anyone else in the eyes right now and you know, um and let them seem see the shame, so I just ran off and yeah, it really hurt.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how you fell over while running and landed on your back. It's really strange
1: i got like a proper burn mark on my back because again it was the same sort of slabbing where it was quite smooth it wasn't like gravel but i still managed to sort of cut up all my hand and scrape my back and yeah it was just a a complete mess i don't know what's wrong with me and when i went out on my long run and i've actually been on a long run this week um i i stumbled another few times didn't actually fall but i don't know what's wrong with me um yeah so if you do know what's wrong with me please don't write in and say i've got you know brain cancer or something or some sort of neurological disorder yeah, don't google but, it. um no no exactly why do i keep falling over yeah <laughs> what have you been up to do have you fallen over this week
0: uh, i've not fallen over this week i've not fallen over no. in a very long time i'm a very coordinated skillful runner <laughs> i have got something i want to complain about though as always i've got a little list mm-hmm. of these ready to go for the next few episodes mm-hmm. It's something that a lot of people do, and a lot of people do early on in their running thing, but then some people just carry it on for too long, and it bugs me. The photo, flying feet photos. Okay, I know early on, people, you know, they're kind of, they're running slowly, and they don't do many races, and they do a race, and they get a photo, and they're like, oh, look, both my feet are off the ground, and you're like, okay, well, good for you, that, you know, shows you're running. But, like, years later, every single photo someone has of them, they're like, oh, flying feet, like, well, yeah, it's because you're running. That's what running is. Running is both yeah, feet off that, the ground and moving. Yeah. And if there's a photo of it, that's just that's just you running. It's not a big deal yeah. every single time.
1: Yeah, it's just it's, you've just managed to get a photo where it's captured that part of like the running cycle. Which is
0: like you know. 50% of it. A lot yeah, of the time yeah. you spend with both feet off the floor, that's literally what running is. Get over it.
1: <laughs> Can't argue with that. I, I like how right. sort of worked up you are about this. I am very
0: <laughs> worked up about like this. Every time I see it on Facebook, I'm just like, oh! I don't want to comment, though. I don't want to be... Well, I do I do like being that guy, but I don't always want to be that guy. I'm just going to make a podcast about it instead and do it passively, aggressively. Is this like sub-podcasting someone?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's sub-tweet like sub-tweeting, but, but yeah. That's even worse. You've dedicated you know, a whole section oh, yeah. of a podcast to it. My race photos are always awful, though, so... In fact, most of my race photos, I'm not flying feet. Most of them, I look like I'm just having a stroll. Like, I'm not really running very fast at all. And my face looks miserable. Like, everything about my race photos is normally awful.
0: <laughs> Do you like your bad photos, though?
1: Yeah. Like, the thing is, it has to be spectacularly bad. Like, yeah. I don't like the ones where I just look rough. Like, you know, like I'm out for a run. I want them to be really bad, like grimacing, and you know. Um, so, yeah, it either has to be really good or spectacularly bad.
0: Yeah, see, I'm, I've i just kind of decided to embrace bad photos, because most of the photos you have are going to be flying feet, but also you're probably going to look yeah. a bit shit, you're going to look a bit miserable, you're looking the wrong way, I've got so, a few great ones where I'm right at like, the bottom of my stride and my face has just dropped mm-hmm. as you come, my face is wobbling up and yeah. down, and I just look like my dad at 60 years old. But I just think you might as well just enjoy the photos, just laugh at them, because I know so many people don't like being tagged in things and they don't save the photos. Mm. I save all of mine. I really like them because each one tells a story. Each one shows you where you were and how fit you were, how much you enjoyed it, all that kind of thing. And I love looking at all those.
1: Mm. There's two great ones of me at Swansea Half where for the first 10 miles, I felt great at Swansea half. It was amazing. I was just coming back from injury. I probably shouldn't have been running it, but I was running it anyway, you know, as you yeah, do. Classic. And like, I'm giving like a proper thumbs up and a smile to the photographer, which I never do in race photos because I always feel awkward, but I was just feeling great. So I don't, you know, I've got that photo. And then it must have been just past the 10 mile mark. I look fucking miserable. Like my whole face is just like, it looks in pain because my hip had completely gone after the 10 mile mark and i was like hobbling almost to the finish line i just look miserable so two photos next to each other is just like before and after this is why you shouldn't run a half marathon when you're not properly recovered you know yeah
0: you shouldn't run on injury mate Who you've got
1: to else i'd, ne- I'd never run <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, so from the last episode, from that, there was a number of controversies in the last episode, episode 13, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we did a few polls on Twitter to try and sort this out once and for all. Amy, will you respect the results of these polls? No. No. <laughs> so, okay,
1: straight away. Like, yeah, no. The first one, no. I, okay. you, you tell me. I can't even, like, yeah.
0: The first poll was, do you agree with Amy's assertion that, quote, anyone who sits around on their sofa wearing jeans is a fucking psychopath. 43% said yes, 57% said no. Amy, that is the will of the people. 57% is a clear majority.
1: Listen, I don't think... I think the campaign for wearing jeans on the sofa has been tainted with lies throughout. um, And I don't think this is a democratic vote. I think it is skewed. Because I think the people that... The psychopaths that feel really strongly about it's okay to sit on the sofa, the ones that went out and vote. The ones that are like, no, 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 that's wrong, we're just complacent about it. I don't think this is an accurate representation. I think we need need to re-vote... And we need to, uh, you know, this isn't the will of the people. I don't think it's right. Do you
0: know what? I was actually surprised it was as high as 43% for yes. Because I understand, look, Carl and Nina, they both no. tweeted back. They said they both immediately change into pyjamas when they get home. That's fine. That's a yes. preference. That's fine. That's what you prefer to do. But to say that if you stay in jeans, you're a fucking psychopath. That in itself is fucking psychopathic. You're writing no, us all if off. You,
1: if you sit around just chilling on your own in your own home... Wearing your jeans. See, that's yeah. You're showing Check me it your out. jeans. We're no, on Skype, no. and I'm
0: showing you. Actually, there's a lot of my crotch there. Sorry about that. But I'm showing you my <laughs> jeans. Look, see, like a normal person. I'm just sitting here. It's not bad. It's not uncomfortable. No. It's not. I don't know what your problem is.
1: No, I, I don't think this is right. I think we should have a revote until it, until it comes out the the you know the result that I want. We should keep keep putting this poll up on Twitter.
0: I'm afraid I disagree. You need to respect the result of the poll. Uh, is is the will of the people Um, amy lou at amy snowball tweeted us she said every time i volunteer a park run i see multiple people running in jeans or chinos surely that's the bigger crime i've seen people wearing gardening gloves plastic disposable gloves even a full set of scrubs weird running gear always entertaining
1: i assume like the gardening gloves and the the scrubs are like a costume i would hope
0: so I could see someone wearing gardening gloves if it was like cold and raining and it was the only thing to hand, possibly.
1: (laughs) But like the jeans or chinos, that makes me think perhaps someone who is like a parkrun tourist and has forgotten part of their running kit.
0: Yeah, I used to run like near a guy when I first started parkrun years ago and it was always around the same area. And he'd always wear, like, long chino shorts, like, to his knees. And he'd have, like, a decent pair of trainers on, often, like, race t-shirts, club t-shirts. He was in a running club, but always wore, like, chinos and a brown leather belt. And I was like, I don't don't know whether to respect that or just find it strange. I'm not sure.
1: See, I thought maybe the chinos, maybe they just looked a bit like chinos, but they were, like, sports
0: shorts. No, they weren't, The belt
1: thing, yeah, the belt is,
0: no. Perhaps he preferred the longer short perhaps that was it perhaps yeah. he I don't know Protecting he's more comfortable than that and you can't really buy long running shorts so perhaps it was that
1: there's options though like basketball shorts no chinos and a belt like the belt bit is pff, yeah no well, you know. keeping on the jeans theme so David Rivers on Twitter at ATP underscore D Rivers um, weird jeans thing I saw someone running last year's Cardiff Half in jeans and then like a weary face emoji
0: Oh, a half marathon in jeans.
1: The chafing. That must have been, like, a sponsor-me sort of thing. Or again, someone perhaps travelling there who'd forgotten their shorts. got to be a costume
0: or or something. I think we can agree that person is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. That is some common ground we've found.
1: And I bet he got home and he just chilled out on his sofa afterwards in jeans. Like... Although it doesn't yes. actually specify whether it's a man or a woman, I shouldn't assume. But they got home and they just chilled out on their sofa and jeans. Okay, fine. Psychopathic.
0: Let's move on from that. and we'll, we'll Let's just admit that you're wrong and we'll move on. The next poll was, should you clean your trail shoes? 16% said, of course. 33% if they really need it. And 51%? Nah. So, again, I, I agree. I think that's
1: fair enough. Yeah, 51%. I think fair enough. I agree with this one. And I think maybe the 33% who say if they really need it run some, like, really, really muddy trails. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you've got to clean that stuff off or else you got to cut your shoelaces out, so...
0: Christina, at Steenie underscore H, she said, a good clap together when the mud is dried is usually as clean as mine gets. But I get why cleaning them probably makes them last longer. Look, we're not here for your logic and sense, Christina. Just bang them together a bit, get most of the mud off, that's fine. They will last as long as they last. We also asked if anyone could match Amy's embarrassing fall, and now multiple falls. Uh, We had some answers from Facebook. First of all, Hugh said, Does tripping over a shot put circle and rupturing your ankle ligaments whilst warming up count? Yes, it does. That's embarrassing. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's normally, like, I normally hear about these really terrible injuries that, like rupture things it's normally something like really silly like just tripping over something or it's never something like really spectacular it's just like slightly tripping over something and then suddenly yeah you've ruptured all your ankle ligaments
0: the best thing about this one was uh this was a track session and he was actually coaching us
1: oh brilliant (laughs) that was good (laughs) stephanie says does falling off the very first obstacle at survival of the fittest and fracturing your ribs count it was about 30 metres from the start line, I'm laughing emoji face.
0: Absolutely. One of my favourite yep. memories from running, frankly. I was standing watching her do this. She got up on the hay bale. Everyone else is f- jumping over. She st- it was kind of towards the end of the day, so perhaps the hay bale wasn't as in good a condition as it was at the beginning. She stood on the corner ready to jump, and just as she kind of bent her knees to jump, the corner of the hay bale just gave way, and she just went absolutely flat on her chest on the ground only from about maybe a meter up and i pissed myself laughing
1: i've seen that picture of the incident but i didn't realize she'd fractured her ribs like that's pretty like gnarly yeah. that's like, you know what she hardcore. carried
0: on and did the rest of survival of the fittest because steph is hardcore shit
1: that is hardcore jesus christ
0: we also had chris who fell in the mud a few miles into an ultra it was brilliant uh, yeah it was brilliant it was really funny uh, actually I noticed for all of these and actually the next one I was actually there for all of them now I'm I was at a healthy distance from each one I had no part in it but I've realised I've seen a lot of people fall over and it's it's amazing that really cheered me up actually it was, fell right in the mud about a few miles in to a 32 mile race brilliant
1: well I I think once you've done it you're muddy then you know <laughs> like get it over with I always think we like trail runs I'm gonna fall over at some point get it over with early crack on them
0: I just don't fall over. That's easier.
1: Mm, your time will come. Now, the next one is one of my, like, even thinking about it makes me laugh because I was also there for this one. Um, so, Paul Cole reminded us of how he fell off the devil's pulpit in Tintin and stopped running for months, which was, it was, like, I just, I had this mental image that's ingrained in my mind of it because it was so funny. So, um, we went for a trail run, a club trail run at uh, Tinton Abbey. And there's a place called the Devil's Pulpit when you get to the top of this, um, what is it like a valley thing? Um, and it's got like this huge like stone thing that you can stand on. You can look over and look down at Tintin and all that. And beyond this stone is just a sheer drop, where well, it looks like just a sheer drop. So people were standing up there and taking pictures and things like that. And I was standing quite way back because I It looked a bit, you know, I don't like heights like that. Um, so everyone's like getting back off this stone after having their pictures taken, and we're all just standing around, ch- like we're all just standing around chatting. And then suddenly all you hear is like a rustle of like bushes and Paul is gone. Like Paul was, (laughs) the the devil had grabbed his ankles and dragged him down. Like he disappeared. But I think the funny, it wasn't funny at the time, but the funniest thing was he didn't hear a sound. Like he he didn't scream or anything or that you'd expect. He just disappeared
0: yeah you think most it would have uh, at least shouted something with just kind no, of shock yeah. or laughed or something but yeah as yeah. I said, it was just he just slid down the side of this hill i didn't actually see it because i didn't know what was going on i saw people rushing over and
1: but there was this terrified it was this, like silence everyone just went silent because honestly i thought he was dead <laughs> i thought he was gone because he looked like a sheer drop and i was thinking in my head i was like how are we going to get the air ambulance up here like it was just deadly science and somebody went "Paul!" (laughs) like no one dare like shout down at him in case he was actually dead
0: (laughs) do you remember the photos of his legs afterwards though
1: yeah they were like he probably hurt himself it was like yeah to be fair
0: it was funny like both of his calves were just black all his entire legs were bruised it was so funny
1: it was hilarious afterwards. I remember talking like telling somebody else from our club who wasn't on the run. I said, and I was trying to tell her, and I couldn't stop laughing as I was telling the story. It took me ages just to get the story out because it was a, it wasn't like I said at the time it wasn't funny. It was like that, you know, when it actually happened, I did think he he'd crossed over that the devil had pulled him down to hell, but <laughs>
0: Uh, And the last quick one here is, Rich said, it's not a fall, but a few years ago, I went for a run in the park I always run in, and I ran into a tree that's always been there and cut the top of my head. Luckily, our qualified first aider was there to give the expert diagnosis of, oh, fuck, you're bleeding.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Right. So we've got some tweets now, um, non-fall related tweets, I think these are. Uh, So the first one is from Ruth Roberts at Cymru 1981. So I can confirm Amy did run the Cardiff Bay run this year. I saw her after 5k where I was marshalling. No photos as I was telling people to mind the bump. Hashtag important job. Okay, there is so proof. There, like, well, there is a witness. It's not proof, I guess. There's, yes, there's a witness. There's, there's sort of shaky evidence in the sense that it's just sort of her word against anyone else that wants to dispute the fact I was there.
0: Yeah, you know, witness yeah. testimony can be dodgy. People can be convinced they've seen things that they haven't.
1: True. yeah yeah. That's. E- but I was there. I was totally yeah, okay. there. Like whatever. <laughs>
0: Next up, at VBL 1986 flagged up a Runner's World article about a 70-year-old man who's recently run a sub-three-hour marathon. The main bullshit quote he took from it was, I don't do cross-training, stretching, special diets, none of that stuff. I'm like, all right, 70-year-old man, piss off.
1: <laughs> I know, I don't stretch once and I get injured. <laughs> and I'm, I'm 28.
0: <laughs> See, I went to yoga and I got injured, so what, I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to take from this. It's just kind of a classic thing of like, well, I've never done training or stretching or any of that thing and I'm completely fine. Oh, there we go. That must yeah. be the same for absolutely everyone then.
1: Yeah. I smoked 10 packs of fags a day until I was 80 and I'm still alive at 100. It's like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but also an apology to VBL, who uh, tweeted last time as well. And for some reason, I just assumed it was a woman. I've no idea why. I didn't really check. Uh, VBL apparently stands for Vincent Black Lightning. Which was his alter ego and stage name back in the day. I want people to to tweet us at running his BS and let us know whether they think what VBL was, who Vincent Black Lightning was. Was this sounds like maybe a drag king or a stripper?
1: It's it's a hell of yeah. a name. What what stage was this on? What C D yeah. bar was this was this in? Was this taking place?
0: That's not just a name, that is a statement.
1: Vincent Black Lightning.
0: Yeah, it's quite it's quite scary. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I thought you were a woman. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> so, L-U-K-E on on Twitter again, at the Mr. L-J. Um, something that is bullshit. People with no race bibs jumping the barriers to get in a starting pen. This is so disrespectful to everyone who is paid and the organisers, who are often charities that need the proceeds. Get the fuck off.
0: Absolutely. Banditing or get the fuck is... out yeah banditing is such a stupid thing to do, and also it's not say it's not just disrespectful it's it's theft, you are stealing something, yeah. you're taking something that you haven't paid for
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's not fair on everyone else and yeah,
0: yeah, no argument from us that is bullshit. <laughs> Louise Penny at Lou e Penny she said this time last year, I was the fifteenth female finisher at the great Welsh marathon ooh. Now, I apparently can't run five miles without twatting over. Not sure how breaking skin is possible at the speed I was going. Total hashtag bullshit. And uh, I saw on Twitter she fell over again yesterday during a training (laughs) session.
1: Oh, Louise, at me. We need to to swap (laughs) notes on why we keep falling over. At least join some support, you know, form some support club over this. Because I think we're on similar sort of trajectories in terms of our running.
0: Did you finish 15th last year at the Great Welsh Marathon?
1: Well, no, but I've never entered it, but maybe I, maybe that's the secret. Maybe, yeah. you know, I would if I did enter. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. We obviously I like share to, that in common. I like she slipped that in there as a little humble brag as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I keep falling over, but...
0: <laughs> I once finished 15th at the Great Rush Marathon, so, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I wish I had something like that. I keep falling over, but, you know,
0: I yeah, finished first
1: at yeah to no no one even saw me run the race that I did get a PB out so there really? we go um Mark Atkinson at Monty the Mole so lots of twitterers whining Manchester was long so instead taking the time off their watch at 26.2 and using that as their time Brighton yeah. Marathon Tech Tee at 40 pounds and Cactus um the Marathon Disablet dog who is awesome so there's a there's a range of different things there so yeah. So was Manchester? I think I've missed this. Was Manchester too long? Then was the course too long?
0: I'm not sure. I had a little look. I couldn't see anyone saying this. it, so might just be people that he was uh, acquainted with, perhaps saying that. But it's a thing that people can do if they they for some reason think something's long because their GPS says something different. But actually, to say, well, my official time was this, but my watch says this was twenty six point two. No, no, oh no. fuck off!
1: Well, all all like. Um, official races, like uh, properly measured races, you're probably going to be running them too long because it's measured from the shortest point around the course. Yeah. So if you're not on that line that is the shortest um, distance, sorry, the, you know, the shortest distance, then yeah, you're going to be out by in a marathon, could be quite a significant amount. So yeah. but you still run the same course as the elites that are running yeah. 26.2. Yeah, so. yourself, basically. So the Brighton Marathon Tech Tee, was that extra then? So you had to pay extra for the Tech Tee?
0: it looks At like that yeah. Pounds? 40 quid to get a that's t-shirt a that you usually get free for a marathon that's bullshit
1: yeah so it wasn't the t-shirt wasn't included in the you know the actual price yeah no um and then Cactus the dog who well this is part of our bullshit running news so maybe we should save it until that
0: absolutely we want to say mm-hmm. Cactus is not bullshit that's going to be our opinion no. there's a little spoiler alert there for the bullshit running news yeah. speaking of which Amy
1: yeah but Bullshit rah, 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 running na, 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 news. Pretty
0: <laughs> really good, thank you. If you haven't guessed, that means it's time for the bullshit running news. Now, we've spoken a lot about the ridiculous amount of running records these days, and at the London Marathon coming up on Sunday which is for you guys listening to it'll be like last week depending on when you're listening whenever um there will be 95 separate bell ends trying to break 84 different records so not only are these people going for records there's multiple people going for some of the same records Ugh. right here are some of the worst the fastest marathon dressed in a classic brownie uniform female
1: well, you see, when I first read this in the show notes, I automatically assumed like brownie is in the uh, the chocolate um, chocolate treat. So the,
0: the, the cakes don't have uniforms, Amy.
1: <laughs> when it said female, I was like, dressed as a brownie, a female brownie. Like, what is a female brownie? And then, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was um, dressed as the, the confectionery item.
0: <laughs> no, the the as in the, the Girl Guiding Association. Yes. Okay. Uh, The fastest marathon dressed as a crustacean Male The fastest marathon carrying an ironing board And iron, male And fastest marathon wearing ice skates
1: Ice skates Now this is the bit where I was like Shit, like, I'm assuming somebody Has already ran in ice skates Like, you can't run in ice skates
0: Well, Sutton Twatty's gonna try
1: Mate, like, when I go ice skating, getting from the bit where you hire your skates to the ice is hard enough. I can't imagine running, you know, over 26 miles in them.
0: Yeah, Fastest marathon dressed as a crustacean. Who could possibly give a shit?
1: Well, you know what? I don't think any of these records are going to be broken anyway, because it's supposed to be really hot, isn't it, this weekend? So, fuck them, like, none of them are going to get their sort of bizarre, <laughs> bizarre record for running as a crustacean.
0: Well, they'll probably get the uh, fastest marathon dressed as a crustacean above 25 degrees.
1: Yeah, of course. Right, so, speaking of marathons and heat, so the Tokyo 2020 Olympic marathons will start at 6am as running at the conventional mid-morning time could, quote, lead to deaths. Oh. Shit. God. So the possibility of extreme weather, including typhoons, is also a major issue, apparently um alongside that the walking rugby sevens and triathlons have also been moved uh to be much earlier to avoid the heat so yeah tokyo is supposed to be so when it's the olympics it's august isn't it i think tokyo is supposed to be like really muggy during that time like humid as hell
0: yeah, end of July, beginning of August, in typhoon season, where apparently it's too hot to run. So that was the perfect place to have the Olympics. I did read in that the last time Tokyo had the Olympics in nineteen sixty four, they held it in October because that made more sense. Mm. But this time round, not really an option because now it just has to be in the summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be difficult to move it now because of yeah. the sports rise and all that rubbish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The poor sods doing the fifty K walk start at half past five in the morning.
1: Jesus Christ well I think 6am might still be quite late because you know if I was um, running a marathon <laughs> I, I'd probably want it even earlier than that to avoid the heat you know like I'd want like a 5am 4:30 30 start cause...
0: to be fair Amy the Olympic marathoners will be running a little quicker than you so
1: <laughs> you don't need to remind me I'm just saying at 6am it's already gonna be quite warm <laughs> that's
0: not a harsh thing to say that's just reality they could be running it in no. two and a bit hours. You're not. That's just. That's not me being harsh. That's just how it is. You're not an Olympic marathoner, Amy.
1: That's No, my point is, it's still going to be bloody hot at that time in the morning. So the earlier, the better, I say. That's my elite opinion.
0: Okay. Yet more marathon news because it's just that time of year. The world indoor marathon record has just gone. CJ Albertson Mm. ran 217.59 on an indoor 200-metre track. That is 211 laps. Uh, He was planning another race um, that weekend, but happened to see it around the month before and thought, oh, that might be fun. What what a weirdo.
1: No, that's, I can't imagine. Like, I don't even like running, like, 5K around a track, let alone a marathon. That's snap no <laughs>
0: 211 laps on a little 200 meter track wow. that's probably
1: why i did it pretty quick though because you'd be like oh come on when i get home and watch EastEnders or something you know what I, yeah. mean? Like, I mean like i mean
0: 217.59 in the grand scheme of things isn't that quick but is that just because there's no one mad enough to try it
1: probably yeah well it's still bloody quick for most people but yeah sure
0: yeah Ugh, horrible
1: so we're going back to the very good boy cactus
0: Oh, such a good boy.
1: He's such he's such a good boy. And do make sure this article, you need to go and check out. Just, I mean, just Google it. The, I'm sure the Runners World article and countless other ones will pop up. But you need do need to go see the pictures and the videos that go along with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Marathon de Sable is often touted as the world's toughest foot race on Earth. And it's insane. Like, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of it and know a bit about it. But if you haven't, just... You know, do some Googling, have a look at the videos on YouTube. It's mad. So it's run over seven days. The race is comprised of six stages and a rest day. Um, The distances range from 21 kilometres to 82 kilometres per day for a total of over 250 kilometres all through the Sahara Desert, which is, you know, insane, disgusting. Who does that? So the runners have had an unexpected companion this year, a dog who ran the race with them. So according to the Marathon Disabler um Twitter account the dog has been welcomed into the camp for the night um when they had their their rest day and has been rehydrated with some of the runners water that was the update but we've had an even recent more recent update that I just saw um just before the show that it has actually finished cactus has yep. finished the race and there's a lovely video of it crossing the line and I just thought the video of it crossing the line is amazing because it, it went to the line like it knew what it was doing <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, there's like a line of people watching it and it just went straight over like it knew where it was going and somebody put a medal around its neck it was the most bizarre but amazing video so definitely go out go and uh, check that out on, um, on Twitter yeah it's fantastic
0: and he finished like 53rd in like the third stage or something like that as well <laughs> which is amazing
1: oh could you imagine like I hate it when I'm beating... Like, dogs beat me anyway. You know when you're just out on a training run and a dog's just, like, having a little walk and it just overtakes you? Could you imagine training for the Marathon de Sable and a dog beats you (laughs) in one of the stages?
0: Well, the thing is, it's not just that, because pretty much a dog is going to beat you in a race. But imagine, like this is like one of the toughest races you've trained for two years you've been doing these horrible runs you've been training hard you have doing everything you go and do that race and you say well actually i've just done the marathon disciple and someone goes oh that's amazing did you see cactus fuck every <laughs> time you ever mention that for the rest of your life people are going to say oh is that the one the dog was at did you see the dog it wasn't the dog amazing did you see the dog with the medal and you're like i did it too i did the whole thing <laughs>
1: And I trained for it. That dog just like, you know, just turned up.
0: <laughs> I, I do love a, a story about a dog finishing a race and they've given him a medal. It's always funny. But I've, oh, I I kind of feel for the people that did the full race because they're never going to hear the end of it.
1: No, just definitely go and check that out, that video of the dog crossing the finish line. because It's the funniest thing in the sense that it, it knows what it's doing. It knows what it's going for. The... Anyway, you need to go see it.
0: He's such a good boy. We've also found this week the runners' world headlines of the week. So amongst all these stories about elite hey. marathon runners and you know news from all the races and the best athletes of the world, there's also headlines as th- such as this: How choosing a tasty piece of cake for dessert can help you lose weight. The diet mm. change that can help you get six percent faster in four days, and can cutting carbs actually throw your heart out of whack? Oh my god! You see.
1: This is working on me because I genuinely want to know their logic in this. How can choosing a tasty piece no, of cake.
0: No, no, Amy, don't give in to the clickbait.
1: I'm interested. Like, what are they? Is this some sort of cake that makes you shit yourself or something? Like, how how is cake making you lose weight? I, I'm really. Like, this is intriguing.
0: <laughs> can cutting carbs throw your heart out of whack? I don't know what that even means. <laughs>
1: Probably, and it also, yeah, like, can it not. actually throw
0: your heart out of whack? Are, like, are there people saying, no, no, cutting carbs definitely doesn't throw your heart out of whack. But they're like, well, actually, it can.
1: I've Yeah, I've never in my life heard that. <laughs> in fact, we need carbs, don't We aren't carbs just sugar and that our bodies need to process. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. know my biology very well, but surely carbs are quite important for the yeah, functioning of I... everything in our body.
0: <laughs> it's so complicated. I, I don't know with food anymore. It's too hard to keep up with.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I like this, though. I think this should be our new sort of feature. It's Runners World Headlines of the Week, because that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> I, I will keep an eye out for more. And if anyone does see them, uh, we want you to get in touch with us.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: If you do see any of those, tweet us at runningisbs, send us a message on Facebook, runningisbullshit, or email Bull at gmail.com. We are absolutely delighted to be joined by our guest this week. We're speaking to Danny Norman, who has been a park runner since 2005. He was the former comms manager for Park Run and is now the host of the With Me Now podcast. Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, Danny.
2: Hello, guys. How are you?
0: Uh, really good, very thank, good you.
1: thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. It's much appreciated. May I say?
0: No problem at all. Uh, it's a big honour for us. I've listened to you for many years. Um, a little bit of statistical background for you here danny you have done 639 park runs at 291 different events and this is the one i liked because i haven't done two park runs the same course in a row since like september last year which i thought was good Mm -hmm. i had a quick scroll which ended up being a long scroll (laughs) i don't think you've done two in a row since 2012 have i
2: not have I not repeated one since
0: yeah, wow. that's that's not bad, is it?
2: That's something I didn't know, actually. I know I hadn't missed one since October 2015, but I didn't know I hadn't repeated one for seven years.
0: I'm pretty sure I had a quick scroll. I think it was like Bushy Park around this time of year, April kind of
2: 2012. Wow. Wow, blimey. Okay. That's so quite that's, impressive. That's made me think. <laughs> that really made me yeah. go look at that stat after we finished. Wow, okay. <laughs> and also on
0: top of all that, 762 volunteers as well.
2: Yeah, well, roles. Yeah, I mean, it's different to being yeah. sort of day counts or whatever. But yeah, I mean, uh, a big chunk of that comes of for the past four years with Servington Junior Park Run. I'm an event director yeah. for that, um, and it will be including out of everything. I used to do volunteer coordination, as obviously we do run reports and everything else. I do pour a lot of heart and soul into that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've run directed at bushy and I've time kept and uh, various volunteers and helped out at different events. So it's all to- uh, added up.
0: So yeah, and just for a little bit of contrast straight away Amy I'm going to call you out Amy how many park runs have you done
1: (laughs) um officially two (laughs) and then I did another one how many sorry two just two um two yeah, I think they might they might have been repeats as well. Um, and then uh, one where I forgot my barcode. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not a park runner. So I'm a very recent convert to your podcast. So Stuart's been bugging me to listen to it, and I kept saying, you know, I'm not into park run. I don't do it. But um, I've listened to a few episodes, and I love it. Even though I don't do park run, it's just something really enthralling about it. Like listening to people telling their stories and talking about it, I can feel like I can be part of that community without actually having to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is which is good. I appreciate that fact because obviously we have some people say well it's in jokes it's not for us and it's a bit niche but if you get able to felt if you felt able to access the podcast in that sense then that means a lot and i have to ask you a question amy is that when you hear my statistics do they sound a little bit obsessive and weird to you be honest
1: no because i know lots of people that go to parkrun every single week and Mm -hmm. yeah i I, and they they get a real sense of community out of it so i think the number of parkruns now i think not doing two the same in a row since 2012, I think, is um, very like impressive <laughs> more than anything.
2: <laughs> it was never done intentionally. It's yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's all to do, I guess, with the podcast stuff, and it has been. The podcast mm-hmm. is the thing that drove that. So 2012. Uh, the original parkrun show podcast uh, that we did was 2011 and then it was then a matter of trying to variate and have uh, a different profile of different events and it continued and when we had the the break between the parkrun show and with me now podcast that um, I was touring around with people and uh, I was going to new events and I basically managed to uh, brainwash certain parties to go touring <laughs> and so I was repeating events and it just yeah it's not something I intentionally did yeah that's mm. that's kind of left me a bit of shell shocked that i've done that i didn't know that sorry yeah
0: um okay and there's also something else it well i know with the podcast uh something you've mentioned the last few weeks i do have a lot of sympathy with you here as well about how you put all the work into the the podcast <laughs> and your co-host rocks up at the recording does their bit leaves yep. and then gets all the credit for it as well i mean i've got a lot of sympathy with that situation <laughs>
2: It's, yeah, and <laughs> it's good that you empathise because Nicola is always asking. She, she's always saying, give me more stuff to do, etc." And when I do let her loose, then you'll suddenly find that there'll be emojis in posts on the Facebook page and it will be like a teenager sort of like doing all random stuff on the page. I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're spoiling the your brand. I mean, yeah, she, she does put a lot of effort in. This is somebody that does something totally and utterly for free. Um, I do have a bit of an eye and grip, I guess, in that case, um, I do like to be the captain of the ship, but I do think that she very much is the rudder on a case, and she really does help steer us in the right direction, and, and she's instrumental. Without her, I think it would be a very different animal. And I like the metaphor I just come up with on the spot there regarding captain that the ship. That was really good. Thank that you very lovely. much. I think, um, that's, I think that's very um, back similar
1: back to me and Stuart. You know, Stuart likes to have, like, brand coherence I was just about to say, I do... <laughs>
0: we do not have that problem at all it's me like amy have you done this amy have you done this have you looked at the notes yet Yeah, oh, look at them have you looked at the notes yet amy oh
1: look at them half an hour before the episodes so they're fresh in my mind that's how i work
0: <laughs> Great, nicola thanks. can
2: be slightly dodgy like that on occasion but no she, she is really uh, hard working they're very studious and fantastic and I'm, it's the best thing i ever did was to bring on to the parkrun show it was a it was an accidental masterstroke if that makes sense <laughs>
0: Okay so to get away from just me complaining about Amy because that's just what I do all the time anyway. Okay Daniel, let's find out a bit more about you then. So what is it about running and then parkrun in particular that's you know that you're so passionate about?
2: It's something that I haven't lost and that's a passion for parkrun since I first uh, did my original one and of course long before parkrun came about came about and it's um it's it's quite a interesting question because the way that I perceived park run the way what I take from it has changed over the years as I've changed as a person as a human um the way it's empowered me it's made my social life better um from the very beginning I, I was very much a young 20 something adult that wanted to perform and uh, compete and test myself and therefore as it being a time trial originally there it was a, an ability for me to go and test myself for free in a local park um and push myself and I was all about performance and and it was there on my doorstep, and it was amazing. I fell in love with it. and uh, But it was the concept itself. I could see where it was going to grow. So I, I'm naturally very curious about a lot of things. If I ever get into something, I tend to engross myself in how it works or uh, be it a TV show, I'll read up about all the characters and the actors and I will go through everything and I'll learn all the, all the different elements of it and trivias and things. With Parkrun, I wanted to work out, how they did the system so the system was very basic obviously there was 30 40 50 people at the time I was doing it Um, and I wanted to learn how they did the timing system the position tokens and by doing that I got to know Paul Sinton Hewitt the founder and uh, I felt that the job that I was doing at the time I could bring something to I was doing artworking and that I could lend my time voluntarily to help do that and as you will know Stu that um, I uh, was responsible for the, the tree logo but the original concept of that um, but ultimately, it's the thing that I still love. It's this sense of belonging. I mean, my entire social life revolves around the community. I've ingrained myself uh, within here in South East London. I've been a, a member of multiple running clubs in the area. And it would be interesting to think if I didn't run, how my social life would be. I it just I don't think it would exist. And, um, yeah, I think it's... it's it 's very hard to summarize everything and it adds into me on a personal level it 's not just about the five k run and this is what everybody keeps going on about. It sounds very evangelical and uh, we keep saying this, but it uh, enhances my life in a variety of different ways and th- What I love about the park run side of things is that it, it disrupted certainly early days it disrupted systems the fact that it was um, it broke conventions and that the fact it was free and people didn 't believe in what it was going to do. I always had faith and belief that this was going to be something which used to be. On the way to becoming, and I've said this before, and I've made maps and projections, and I remember being in the car with Paul Sinton here and saying that this is going to be a big thing everywhere. And obviously, the pressure was on him to sort of then make it happen, and, and deservedly so when he got his CBE after ten years that he managed to make it function and, and get to the point it is in now. And um, I'm just obsessed about it. I mean, uh, the word that I like to hear used often uh, is the, the egalitarian nature of it. Really, the fact is that anybody can come in and take part and Uh, be it uh, families and uh, and elder people and young people and uh, and it's just it's life affirming like i say it disrupted at a time where there's a lot of cynicism where there's a lot of breakdown in community that we don't know our neighbor that you can be in a park on a Saturday morning getting to know them and you have a shared interest and you can converse and make multiple new friends on the spot so quickly, there's just a lack of cynicism at at park runs, and whilst it's not 100% perfect because nothing is, it is a good force for nature and and, um, as long as it stays fundamentally and it will, this is the promise, that you go to a park for free and take part in a 5k and it has a communal sense and feeling, that's the prevailing thing that's the people that latch onto, that's what people are drawn into that that while society has Again, being probably a bit more closed off now where we communicate so much online through digital forms, meeting people face-to-face and having that natural want to be part of a tribe in real life over an active and healthy thing, matter is the value and that's what i appreciate so um yeah i I mean i don't go out on a friday and drink anymore that's not my bag my my vice is going to a park on a saturday morning getting up early and i will travel off and tour and i'm obsessed about that and i think the 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 ultimate example of that is new year's eve where the going out to ram bars and paying over the odds and you're meant to get drunk and make made to show everybody you're having a great time, a fantastic time. Nobody really likes that. That That's bullshit, basically.
0: It is, um, yeah, absolutely.
2: It is absolutely bullshit, and yet people continue to carry on doing it. And do you know what? I'd rather happily get up on a, on a New Year's Day morning and go and do a couple of park runs and just feel alive rather than actually feeling half dead with a hangover I mean yeah that's it I guess and and of course uh, I think it's something you, uh, you've um, would probably want to touch upon is the mental health benefits for me at the moment is that um, yeah at, the, at this present moment in time it's benefiting me on a mental health basis uh, for your listeners who may or may not know yeah I've, I've um, struggled with uh, quite severe depression uh, to, mostly toward the end of last year and coming out of it but Parkrun has been a staple part of my recovery diet. And uh, and for that I'm truly grateful for its existence, really, because without it I don't think I would run at all for for a couple of months. And um, yeah, it's it's a linchpin in keeping me stable.
1: Because I've I've read that um, doctors are now prescribing parkrun, aren't they? I think it's in mm-hmm. England are prescribing parkrun for those yep. you, know, for, you know for the mental health benefits.
2: Absolutely, I'm, I get this wrong, but it's the Royal College of General Practitioners, I think it is, but they now prescribe parkrun as an additional benefit. And I've been asked just. Coincidentally, that the, the therapist that I was seeing that they noticed the benefits too, and they've sent some people down to take part in Bushy Park, and they've asked me because obviously I spoke about park running my in my therapy sessions, is that they see this too, that they would like to potentially potentially prescribe people to take part in running or park running or get into that and have running groups and have that benefits. And I mean, medical professionals are noting the, the benefits of it, and so yeah, it's not just a again evangelical. where going, oh, it's good for you. Trust me, this is a case of there are medical benefits to this too which are being noted so yeah win 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 all around really
0: yeah we did talk about that a couple of months ago episode 10 we had a fantastic guest on called hope virgo was talking all about mental health and how it can help and how it can fight you know even like eating disorders which you would expect Mm -hmm. running could be a risk or like a trigger there but actually it's been really useful to her Mm -hmm.
2: um i need to catch up on your
0: podcast and do i do
2: please forgive me because we've had private conversations is that um I am spending so much more time in podcasts, but I spend so much time working on my own one, I find such little time to be able to listen to But I'm making more time. I'm reducing my social media waste of time, as it were, and I'm going to make more uh, concerted efforts to listen to the podcasts that are around us and part of the podcast running community. So, yeah, I will certainly catch up with that one.
0: Well, the thing is, with our podcast, though, I just—I I worry it might set you back a little bit because there's a lot of complaining that we do, which is kind of the point. <laughs> I, I, don't wanna, I don't want to risk setting you back any, any more time. All no, the I, hard listened, work you've I listened
2: done. to the latest one and I enjoyed it, so I'll go through the back catalogue, so no, I promise. I'm sure it will, I'll be fine. I'll be good.
0: <laughs> okay. So... Uh, you know, so you know, a number of years ago, uh, you did the Parkrun show. That was kind of the official at the time Parkrun podcast. Mm-hmm. Your role with Parkrun came to an end, mm-hmm. um, and then a few years later, you kickstarted a podcast again, mm-hmm. kind of the unofficial yep. Parkrun podcast called With Me Now. Yeah. So, if we can talk a little bit about where that's come from, and perhaps just the first thing with Me Now, what's the title about?
2: Yes. So. <laughs> I couldn't call it the parkrun show, obviously, the the copyright factor, the trademark, I should say. And um, yeah, whilst it's the same but different, obviously, I had to think, right, okay, how can we have a continuation of this without it impinging on legal side of things? And so... um, what it was and where it comes from, it's what I was told by other people. It was an oft-used catchphrase that was picked up on by the listeners. And I, that I, I just inherently did it at the start of my interview. So while I had never done interviews live in the field before, I practiced in verse for the podcast. And I felt that the best way for me to introduce, I just slipped into this, with me now is, and then I would speak. So I've listened to other interviews with other people. And often they go, well, who, tell us who you are and where you're from. And I don't do that. I like to ask the people's name or get to know before we speak. And then I say, with me now, and I'll introduce them and that with me now the way I would enunciate that and pronounce it was yeah. uh, particularly picked up upon and so I thought right okay that's one of the significant things it was either that or I forgot what the other potential name of the title was going to be and um, there's something else that I used to say um it wasn't going to be called Julie noted um but <laughs> there's um what was the other thing I was going to call it? it was a three word title I can't remember what I was going to call it but Anyway, with me now, I thought that stuck because, of course, I was going to continue going around. I was going to continue interviewing. Um, it was the case of like, look, we're going around these places, come with us. And it was meant to be a signifier. It was a continuation from the Parkrun show. Mm. Uh, so it was how can I link the two uh, without the ability to call it anything park run based So it had to be, yeah. right, what was significantly associated, so people who listen to the Parkrun show go, okay, I recognise what with me now is, and then ultimately it can mean lots of things to different people. And so, like the logo itself, working on the logo, I mean, I had to make sure that it didn't, again, impinge on copyright park Parkrun, is that the, uh, the colours are used, it was yellow, um, the, the, because that was one that wasn't really used on the Parkrun uh, colour spectrum, and the whole barcode thing, which we use, again, that's, that's open source, as it were, and um, and then it's a it's a pin drop because of course we were touring and going around a lot, and so I think it just I think it just packaged it up nicely as to what we're about. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It really works well together. It's really clear, and just with me now, it just gives that sense of community as well, doesn't it? It just like with me now is just mm. you are you know you yeah. are with us.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I think that's a perfect summary. The fact is that yeah, it's a collective. Yeah, you're with us. We're all together in this, and yeah, exactly. I'm talking to and being and visiting and and uh, yeah, absolutely good.
1: <laughs> so. Why did it come back under this sort of new name and new sort of almost identity, I guess, in a way?
2: Good question. So it came back for a few reasons. So originally, um, Nick Pearson, so he's the chief executive officer, CEO of Parkrun now, he asked me, we're having, we had a conversation in a bar in Richmond that um, <laughs> sounds very fancy, uh, and just had a general chat. And he asked me, that was it, September 2017, if I'd consider doing what ultimately became Free Weekly Tide, which is now their official uh, podcast. And uh, he then put me on to the head of Commons, which is Russ Jeffries. And to speed through things, I couldn't come to an agreement uh, with Russ regarding that. And then a few months ticked on by, um, I wasn't. Really happy, what was going to be happen uh, was how it was going to be happening. I mean, the, the official line was that they wanted a uh, they wanted to have this podcast, which kind of kept them in line to answer to. And I always was wondering about how could you have an unofficial official voice? Is that no matter what happens, if it comes to the official channels, if you say something which then pulls the organisation up on something, they have the power to end up going. Do you know what? No. But the ultimate thing was that well, we can give a uh, give us our voice to uh, argue back against. And I just found it quite hard. To, thing to balance out and I wanted Nicola back no matter what it had to be Nicola back with me and so on and other mm-hmm. bits and pieces so it, it couldn't come to an agreement regarding that so I then had my interest peaked and reignited about getting back to mm-hmm. podcasting I did miss it it was one of the biggest um, positives in my life in terms of the uh, the fact that I had uh, something which was creative and, uh, and people loved and it's very rare to have something that you can do and put out in the world and people continually say that they love it Uh, I don't think that that we do that generally. There's very few jobs that you'll do that you'll be appreciated for. If you do something wrong in your job, you get pounced upon. And it's very rare for you to do something and then get praised continually for what you output. So I think that's what I loved about it. Hmm. So my landlady and running club mate, which is uh, Beverly Gow, which otherwise known as Surrogate Mum Bev on uh, With Me Now podcast, she was listening to the archive of the Park Run show and she was, Always asking me to bring it back, so I always felt I was a bit platitudinal, and that she was lip servicing. I was fantastic, it's fantastic, but she was absolutely saying, so "Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back." And then I went through, I had a new job, and I had a bit of a bad patch in that job, which is uh, all things went a bit wrong, and through into the depression, it kind of coincided a little bit. But I then uh, knew that free weekly time was coming back. And I listened to it, and i I thought it wasn 't for me or my ilk i mean i 'll be perfectly honest, and Frank, it aggravated me so the early episodes it was the the focus on the with the finite time they had, they focused on ultra running all the time and they spoke of Wimbledon tennis and um, And I don't listen to it anymore after Barco Gate. So Barco Gate was back in December. I haven't listened to it for months anymore. I just asked, why do I listen to something for 29 minutes of my life when I don't like it? It's not for me and it's never going to cater for me and the passionate parkrunners mm-hmm. like myself. So... I couldn't believe that a podcast about a specific topic had its main presenter show such total apathy about wanting to know anything in depth about the subject he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think any other mainstream podcast does that. It's like, well, I'm going to present Top Gear, but I know nothing about cars. And I openly admit I don't know anything about cars. And I'm like, okay, this is just crazy. So the star, the alleged star quality of Vassar's in terms of that, and I do worry it's a bit sycophantic at times that he can't do anything wrong, and some people make lots of excuses for him, but it is what it is. So...
0: Yeah i did I ha- try i you know i think i did purposely did the same thing for a few months i tried because i thought oh it's a parkrun thing it'll be good but again it just just wasn't for me
2: it, it, i was sat there and i'd be a gas and i'd play it and uh it was like oh parkrun's 20 minutes down the road and i can't remember the name of it i couldn't be bothered to go i'm like ouch I, I, ouch, ouch ouch i couldn't empathize i couldn't relate so what was really uh couldn't. what
1: was barcode gate i i I'm not having listened to this i
2: <laughs> uh, so basically, the no barcodes, uh, no exceptions uh, policy, as mm. uh, um, uh, Vassos was in, uh, put into it at an event he went to, and they put him in, and he uh, admitted that on the podcast, and he didn't realise what he was saying at the time, and basically, there was lots of uh, reactions to it. Uh, Tom Williams the uh, chief operating officer came on board and he he did a good job of deflecting because of course he was going like this lots of anger in the world people shouldn't be angry and I think no, people were upset I think that the confusion was that people were upset mostly a lot of volunteers are run directors ambassadors who are so staunch because we're continually told look, this is a particular uh a rule and policies no exceptions mm-hmm. that all of a sudden there was an exception made and they're thinking well this is an official let's not beat around the bush an official channel and someone's admitted that but he didn't realize that he admitted uh, that and you're like mm-hmm. well how can you not know this and and again is he not caring about this so there was a, again we, we couldn't empathize a lot of people who are invested into parkrun for a long time thinking okay so he's having a a big audience put through all the official comms channels and he had a responsibility he has a responsibility to, to know the basic things and he didn't seem like it had even he'd been going quite a long time this had, they'd been going for what since april so maybe um seven eight months or mm. something And still didn't know about it, and so of course it was an innocent admission. And then some people obviously were quite cross about it. And Tom spun it to be like, okay, lots of people are angry. No, and it's like I agree, there's too much much anger and upset in the world. But people are upset for a particular reason because Mm. of course we are staunch and defend that particular barcode rule. And they're here, somebody saying, oh, I got added in without even realising. And so like that was it. It was this uh, this imbalance. Mm. Uh, And so. I listened to that and I thought, again, I'm done with this. Why am I wasting my time getting annoyed and aggravated? And so um, just go ahead and look, create and write and produce something again. A to feel constructive and the, having the gravitas with my experience and viewpoint of Parkrun. So mm. I felt that I could bring that. So Vassos is relatively new. So, of course, he comes in and asks questions that are good for their target audience, which is the layman, the one-time, two-time Parkrunner, the ones that need to be inspired by these stories. I don't need any of that hook. I don't need that I've been doing it for nearly 14 years. Um, I have experience in a variety of ways, touring and volunteering and working and uh, being around from the early days. And Nick Pearson was originally after that. He wanted uh, that that value. Um, and I just people just ask me all the time, like, um during its absence, are you going to bring it back? Are you going to bring it back? And Joe Sinton-Hewitt and Paul Sinton-Hewitt, they said to me in a car journey once that they got asked all the time about it coming back when they went on tour to places. So it was missed. And there was this slight disconnection Disconnect. there wasn't something uh, the comms that you see from parkrun now are very much about inspiring stories inspiring stories come on take part and include 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 and it's great but however the people that are long beyond that i don't need to be inspired i don't need a hook to go to parkrun i'm going to do that anyway people who have been doing it for 50 weeks 100 weeks 150 200 250 weeks they don't need any of this stuff so it can reach saturation point and that particular uh, part of the demographic and the spectrum wasn't catered for isn't really catered for and I think that's the hole that we fill Mm -hmm. and that we end up having little quirks and eccentricities and and uh, we have our own little tribalism and you see that with uh, the various groups and the tourist groups and so forth Mm -hmm. so that's kind of why it it came back I wanted to fill that hole and fill the gap and parkrun is growing all the time and getting bigger and that that the the hooked in people are going to become bigger and bigger and larger and larger and larger and I just wanted to cater for that so uh, people were thankful and event directors were thankful for coming back and regional ambassadors are thankful because it it lends uh, they feel like it lends a bit of support to them that I'm reiterating I'm completely on board with what they do and what they say and I can reiterate and be a voice for them because I'm not denigrating Parkrun I'm completely passionate for it and I will argue for uh, the case for it and I'll make sure and I'm a stickler as as an event director for rules and policies and how things function and work and that the organization as a whole is is large and big and it needs to work well it's a big turning wheel and all the spokes need to be working together and so that's what the, the voice that we send it out for so who is it for you then ask okay so who is the podcast for that that's who is that's um who is targeted at this demographic is people you can ask who what does PSH stand for? And you, it's kind of like a test. If you know what, what PSH yeah. stands for, Paul hear it. that's who it's for. Um, like I say, don't need instances of multiple instances of inspiring stories. They're going to go regardless. And yeah, Uber tourists. And, like I say, and we all love its holistic aspect and the element it holds. And finding quirks or finding interesting points and being at statistics. I mean, you have people who love their, their statistics. You have people who do their crazy journeys. And uh, yeah, and. And it's again, I think a lot of our listeners, you find on a lot of groups, naming no names, park on discussion group, <coughs> there's a lot of people always arguing and <laughs> virtue signaling about you should uh, make yeah. volunteers do this and make volunteers do that. And our audience, that's not even going to be a, a discussion. It's like, yeah. no. And I don't want virtue signaling to be a part of it. I don't want arguing uh, online to be a part of it. I want to be an antidote to that. People end up putting yeah. across. I, I think I've read. I think I know this supposition or myth myth busting. We did this in the early days the podcast. Yeah. I would watch all this stuff go out. And go. This is the, why it happens. This is what's going on. I'm thinking. Actually, do you know what? No, you're incorrect. You don't have the understanding. You don't have the experience or, or the uh, the n- the behind the scenes sort of uh, knowledge of hmm. this. You, the ability to ask questions. The ability to ask people. Uh, a prime example is the 500 t-shirt is blue because Darren Woods decided and you're like and this proliferates I thought you know what you can either try and fire hose every instance of this or you can try and put it uh, one voice in one particular media and then go right that answers that question and you put it to bed and so it was like I say, the antithesis to all the, the 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 myth and the misinterpretation and the arguing online in certain groups, and trying to go against the, the dogma that they put out there regarding their opinions, and it's off-putting to others. So when you see all these groups, and you go on, like people go and they go, I'm the first time at a park run, and and uh, the people there sat behind the safety net of their keyboard, the keyboard warriors going, oh, you think this, this, and this, and they think, you know what? No, no, no. Let's let's have a combat against you. And I've met these people face to face, and uh, and they're shrinking wallflowers. And you're mm-hmm. thinking you're not so big in real life. And I just think, do you know, what you have an ill effect. And I, th- do you know, what I want to be a positive force within the community. I don't want to allow the, these groups to become synonymous uh, with the parkrun side of things in, in with, regarding the obsessives. And do you know what, do you know what, we can put a spin on this. And they this said, I think we hold mm-hmm. that value. So, yeah, the, the, think of it as a pyramid or, or like a triangle, evil. Uh, a triangle even, the, the whole pyramid. Yeah. The, the, those at the bottom are the laymen. They're catered for the modern comms, and they're catered for via three weekly times, and we're the ones just above that at the top who are going to go to Parkrun regardless. And, and I think... I'd like to think we kind of do it well and that's that's always been my target in bringing it back. That's precisely who I'm aiming at with everything that I produce and everything I put out there. So and we seem to be doing okay apart from our well, one negative review the other day. I think we must have <laughs> get it right.
0: <laughs> but I think what I liked about that, you know, you really took that that one kind of it was that mo- that one word, wasn't it?
1: Unprofessional. unprofessional but you yeah. just
0: spent <laughs> two episodes talking about it. Yeah, own it. And I kinda own like it. that because yeah. Mm. Unprofessional. Well yeah, for a start, yeah, of course it is. You're yeah. not getting paid for it. So
2: Exactly. Mm, If you're going to be pedantic about these rules... And only only sort of
1: one negative review for the popularity of the podcast is is really good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'm a stickler for... um, I have really high standards for myself and project onto others and also the fact that i will allow negative stuff to really get at me and this is a self-esteem issue that i've learned and being particularly aware of this and so if something comes out like that it really hits me hard it's not something you can easily get rid of and brush off some people are really good with that and i'm not so good and I'm, i'm practicing inversing even at my age now you think it's something you do in the early 20s but i'm still i still struggle with it a little bit regarding that um so the best way I you know, I've learned is to try and think okay it's not about me it's about the person but also deflect but take ownership of it and if anything anybody wants to say negative about it, if you take ownership about it it completely undermines the strength of what they're saying mm-hmm. and so like you say the unprofessional side of things we'll just we'll work on that we'll play on that and bumbling we bumble and we're unprofessional so be it people still like us and love us what, for whatever we do so I don't care and I'm getting stronger at that as well mm-hmm. And they're also, they're on their own, to be honest with you. So again, mm. it has a yeah. little value.
0: Yeah. yeah. So talk about all your kind of your experience and the way you kind of uh, talk on the show and things. That's the bit that I've really enjoyed is the fact you've got so much experience. You know kind of everything about Parker and you were there at the beginning. You know mm-hmm. all the people involved, mm-hmm. yet you can still talk very freely. And so I've been, I think I was a little surprised sometimes the way, and even perhaps well, you know when you've been talking now, at how critical you can be but again the way you've done it is from a position of experience and it's uh i guess it's that phrase of a critical friend you know you will mm. you will call out the bits that you see are wrong but you will also suggest ways to improve which is the most important thing
2: well, that's the great simile. The fact, if you have a best friend who's doing something which is destructive to their own health, you're going to say something, not because you want to put them mm-hmm. down, because you're concerned for how they're going to be. That's exactly the same thing. If I see something I think, oh, do you know what, I think it's going in the wrong direction or something is potentially going to be uh, damaging her, her here, then I'm going to call it out, not because I want to score points, because I care... About it, just as you would about mm. care about a person. So if somebody, like I say, if somebody's hurting themselves in a particular fashion, you would advise them or say about it because you care. You come from the right place, and I think that comes across: is that I care about this. I don't want to see it go. I'm not here to try and put it down and great down down. I don't want Parkrun to to implode. I don't want it to collapse. I, I want it to be around. It's something I've invested a decade and a half of my life into. So why I'd want it to be. collapse or go wrong. I want something to go... I want it to go right, and that's where I'm coming from. I think that comes across as that... And I don't come across it with trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not somebody who's coming into it brand new, going, right, why don't you do this, this, and this, and think I have all the answers. Um, It's knowing all the things. There are so many stories and elements that... I cannot say and will not say and won't say. I'd love to say and tell. I have multiple anecdotes over the years, mm. but I have to balance out what I say and what I admit to for fear of upset and admission and, and also that the stark reality, like with anything behind the scenes. And I think that you, on the face of things, again, the, the power and beauty of Parkrun is the fact it goes along. To a layman, you go along, you do a free run and you go home again and that's fantastic. But all the, the machinations, all the machinery and all the cogs and everything, that behind the scenes. I feel like I know too, but be it a person or be it the tech, and you can tell me something. You can, if you mention a park run to me, I've been to. I tend to be able to tell you that it's event director and ambassador, and having been. And that's the other thing: is the value of actually being somewhere first hand, It's one thing I felt that when I was working for park run is that rather than drop an email saying, "Can you please do this?" If it's a, um, is a faceless name? They go, "Oh, it's from Danny. I've met him firsthand." And mm. it's not contrived. I tend to think I try to come across as a very warm and try to be. I feel I'm a very warm and friendly person. So that's why Grumpy Danny on the podcast is is a character caricature. And I think it, some people uh, oh, oh, actually different in real life. And um, but that's fine. I'm quite happy to play that grumpy thing. We we detail we detail that. We say, look, this is Danny being grumpy, but grumpy pants. But um, I will. I was said I was told by a country manager that they used to come and ask me everything because I was the most approachable person on the staff, and that meant a lot to me. He said that to me when I was um, when I left Parkrun, and and I feel that, that was really really valuable, and I really made sure I did that. That I and this is why we have a lot of ambassadors. The ambassadors I know firsthand, and that a lot of them, the funniest was being uh, told or taught or trained by Ian Cochrane, uh, the ambassador. He would sit there and go right. We're going to teach you uh, how to do the junior park run because he was our ambassador when I started junior park run. He went, "There's there's nothing I can tell you how to do this here because of course you know everything." I went, "But you, sorry, but you have to. You have to go through everything. Don't assume that I know most stuff and and go through it all." And uh, um, but that was that that mindset. And uh, I don't know it. All. And obviously I'm not quite in the loop as much as I was, but. I still, yeah, I still have my contacts. I still find out many things uh, early days and I still have conversations privately with a lot of people and, and that's never going to go away. And, um, yeah, and that's what I think, is again, lends the gravitas and, and power, uh, power, sorry, the gravitas and uh, sort of value to the voice is because, yeah, I say, I, I am a big proponent and I like the independence. I'll be honest with you, having done, if I did the official podcast, I would have had handcuffs on. I would have been shackled. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm just able to become unshackled. Where is that if I say something, I used to be when I was doing uh, the Parkrun show or working for Parkrun, if I said something, which was my own opinion, it immediately became this is what Parkrun says. People couldn't disassociate the person with the organization. And now we have this point where I say something. Oh, it's Danny's. That's his opinion. That's his voice. It's nothing to do with Parkrun. And that's even better now. Because people are very uh, easy and, and, and eager to jump on people saying something on their personal side and go, right, that's the organisation's opinion because they want to bring something big down. And I feel like I've become, uh, like I say, unshackled. And it lends, again, a lot more value and gravitas to what we say because people know that we're doing it genuinely. We don't answer to anybody. We're not having to worry about what we're saying because well, no one's going to come back to us and say, you shouldn't, say, you shouldn't have done that because we'll fire you if you, if you uh, say that again. You're like, well... We don't have that concern or worry, so you're not stifled in what you say, yeah,
0: okay, so um obviously, I don't think we're gonna be saying anything about Park Run itself being bullshit because of course it's not, but there must be things about the people at Park Run and the way people interact with it that have got to you. I mean that you know grumpy Danny is kind of a bit of a a character on the on the podcast, mm. mm-hmm. and this is just an opportunity now to let grumpy Danny out. There's no Nicola to get you to calm down we we can you know. <laughs> We can have a bit of Grumpy Danny on the show now.
2: Um, you say Grumpy Danny, and that's right, because <laughs> when you say Parkrun is not bullshit, at the same point, that's not ever pretend. I think it's really patronising if anybody ends up going, though, everything about it is flawless. And that's one thing that really okay. gets from my nerves, is that you'll end up saying that somebody says something which might be constructive criticism, the, the reaction is a bit... Uh, The evangelists jump on it and go, how dare you say anything negative or denigrating? And it's not. If somebody has a concern, if it comes from the right place, if it's from a particular passion, they think, look, I'm not sure about this, then some people can get absolutely stomped upon. And I think what does happen, though, is it's trying to balance what is a uh, worthy uh, complaint and what is something which is just putting something down because somebody's just a toxic cynic. And so I try to balance it where... Again, the juxtaposition is between me and Nicola is specifically meant to be light, positive, uh, female, mother, child, bumbling round. Obviously, dynamics have changed in terms of our performances of late. When Nicola's got uh, a competitive athlete, and I've got worse due to due to injury and mental health issues, but. That I would then play the grumpy card in terms of that to make sure that um, it was a case of I you would be able to be a bit more open about things. But so I thought, you know what, I'm not quite comfortable with this. What's going on? Because you do get people, and let's not pretend who have agendas uh, within Parkrun, and that's what I think that some people can see Parkrun as, as a ability to raise their own profile for wrong reasons. And um, that's what I like about myself is that I was in the right place, at the right time, is that uh, I was there early enough and I think it lends gravitas to go well Danny you're just jumping on the bandwagon so I didn't jump on any bandwagon because what it is now just wasn't a wasn't an idea, or concept back then but um with the grumpy factor, I think I'd like to be able to call out stuff where I think it is bullshit. And, and to you end up going, all, all volunteers are amazing. Well, they're not, because that's like, they're not, because they're human beings. Human beings are across the spectrum. You're going to get some really nasty people, and some nasty people may slip into volunteering. And there are instances. We, I mean, I could name names, and you can find them online as to... Uh, them doing that and so Grumpy Danny plays a part where do you know what it's the underlying thing that people are a bit too frightened to say where they're thinking do you know what actually um, it's a bit Emperor's New Clothes here and I like to think that I'll call people out on that That I'm not frightened of doing that it does pose risks because you are going to get beaten down by people who are like how dare you say anything bad or negative about Parker and then misinterpret what you're saying This that does happen it has happened in the past mm-hmm. but I again like I said I don't want to patronise adults and I think that pretending that everything is awesome in parkrun world would be a lie it's it's pretty darn good it's never going to be flawless but it's always moving in the right direction
1: okay so aside from some of your gripes about parkrun you might have or might not have um what are some more sort of general bullshit things about running
2: okay i'll quickly say about parkrun then uh, the one thing that gripes <laughs> me is i'll just come back to it very quickly uh, is that i think there's it's a lot of God-given right to be there and people misinterpret the treat it how you wish, mm. literally to mean that, and then not understanding the nuanced boundaries of this, like, the social contract we share. I mean, like, taking part politely and with grace and not solely to fulfil your ego, I think, is a, as an event director as well, that my back goes up when people have this overarching sense of entitlement with varying degrees of participation I think that some people need to realise that they, they have a role and responsibility to play no matter where you come from be it a first timer you have a responsibility to sort of perhaps invest some time to learn how it works or if you're a tourist to go and um, and reflect your community in that particular in a good fashion mm-hmm. so I think that there's a there's a lot online where in terms of you can't tell me what to do Is I want to do how I want to do and I think there's a, they're, they're always going to be like that and I think there's a lot of ego at play and it's always uh, there's often more behind it so that's the thing that which is bullshit what people do at Park run, I think that leads to things like um, ducking out of funnels or taking tokens home and, yeah. and everything else and uh, not listening at run briefs talking at run briefs I, I want to, want to uh, tell everybody off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> swear at each everyone um, so yeah not, not having a, a care or understanding about why they need to do what they do to help the system work it help the team manage the event generally running what's the most bullshit thing at the moment it's, I don't like it I
0: used to love oh. it, and I don't like it, and but I want to get back and fall in love with it. That's a kind of a, a fairly fundamental annoying thing about running, then, isn't it? Mm. It is the running itself. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's because I'm too sedentary, and uh, this is uh, again, your listeners may or may not know, but I mean, this is a point where I was able to do sub three hour marathons and 16 minute five Ks and everything else, yeah. and. Uh, my, my PBs I'm proud of and I can't get anywhere near that at the moment and that's been uh, a combination of forces. So when I go out for a run now and it be at a park run that it aches and it hurts and I have a a, a couple of spare tyres and I, it hurts to bend down and put my socks on. I'm, I'm creaking and groaning and aching and my back aches and but that. I have agency over the fact that I uh, I can invest time in getting fitter again and that I'm in control. I can go down a positive path and, and inject um, uh, time and investment and get fitter. And then I will fall in love with running at the moment. But I tell you, at the moment, what is bullshit about it is that I don't like it right now. But it's all temporary. It's all temporary. It,
0: it's going to change. Yeah, It'll definitely change.
2: Yeah, Cause you've got all those
0: people around you helping you as well.
2: And that's what's not bullshit about running is the fact that the people around me in the running community are the ones who have been a massive support. And I, it's, again, sounds hyperbolic, but I don't know where I'd be without certain parties. I genuinely, really don't know. I mean, it's uh, life saving actions by certain people for sure. And. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm glad I've fallen into running. I'm glad we have been in the right place at the right time. I happened to live or move down to, I moved down back down into South West London to have a job. And I lived what was like two, three minutes around the corner from uh, PSH. The guy started park running and I happened to be near um, Bushy Park at the time. And I happened to be um, starting running and joining a running club and heard about it. in the right place at the right time. And that's led me to where I am now. Um, in terms of everything that's potentially not potentially not gone right in my life, that without the running structure and network, I don't know what would have happened. And so, yeah, it's running isn't bullshit in that aspect. It's bullshit because at the moment it aches and it hurts and I'm overweight. So there you go.
0: <laughs> I just reminded me of a story that you had on with me now a few weeks ago that I think is worth retelling because it's the type of story that we really love. Yeah. It was a a burrito-related stop you had to make on the way to a park run.
2: mexican bean wraps and all sorts yeah i don't tend to do very well with bean-based uh i've got to say beverages that's not true uh, food-based um uh, bean-based wraps and things uh yeah no i yeah no i i i always I, i the term wild release i'm trying to make it as polite without
0: being gross as possible i um honestly you can't gross us out enough we've had some stories on here
2: yeah, the, the very briefly the story was I, I'd gone for a run and, and I'd wiped my bum with a stick and and, we were, and somebody had, uh, one of our, our co uh, one of my compatriots talked about how he wiped his bum by um, brushing his bum along the ground like a dog and the, just the vision of that was like because as runners you do maybe occasionally get caught short and um, yeah. there's nothing you can do and you look for 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 God forbid it's the winter time where there's very little in the way of leaves and things so branches yeah. have to do and sometimes uh, the, the bark comes off so um there you go i just
0: i can't i can't quite decide which is worse using a stick or wiping it along the floor they're both bad
2: i'd like to do i'd like to wipe myself along the floor just for the comedic value of how it would look um (laughs) well i guess you should give it a go yeah, I just wonder what's it's going to get to the, to judge. the way. Yeah, you might come away with a few bugs and insects uh, living yeah. around. Um, <laughs> but it's something I, I, I really don't want to do. But I—I I do, do you know what? It highlights the complete and utter lack. This is, the, this is a society's bullshit kind of thing, but there's, there needs yes. to be more public toilets. And, of course. Um, and parks, and, and because, of course, the thing is, parks have their toilets closed and they're shut up because, of course, we can't have nice things because they tend to be used for oh. nefarious purposes. So <laughs> it, it's six of one and a half dozen of the other so there you go so you have to do nefarious purpose outside in parks so there you go well
0: danny thank you very much for coming on the show and you've given us loads and loads of really interesting insight there into park run and with me now and of course we're going to keep recommending it to people and tell people to get into it it's kind of the lighter side of running it's kind of a good antidote to us maybe (laughs) to get people into running a little bit more and hopefully perhaps amy are you going to do a park run soon maybe um
1: yeah, let's just say yes, I will. I, well, I will. I will keep listening to the With Me Now podcast, that's for sure. Will
2: you, will you promise me? Promise me that just one. There's 52 weeks a year, yeah. just one in the next 52 weeks, yeah?
1: I think I can definitely manage that and hopefully remember I my barcode. I'll
2: look out for that. I'll look out for your name and oh the results.
1: God, <laughs> accountability. Yeah, I, will, I will
0: keep nagging. <laughs> Okay, Danny, thank you very much for coming on the okay, show. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much for having me. All the very best of future. I will catch up on your podcast. And uh, like I say, it's nice to have you on board in the pod. I am envious. It's nice to have you on board in the podcast mm-hmm. fraternity because I'm envious of the fact that you have a bit more carte blanche on what you say. in the- So yeah, <laughs> I will be listening and enjoying it. So yeah, like I say thanks once again. I'm very privileged and very humbled and honored to be asked to be on your podcast. So thank
0: you very much. Okay. And any Danny's Blue Rants you want to send our way, we will take them.
2: (laughs) Come and sit with me in a car on tour one day. You'll get a couple of hours worth of it.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye.
2: Cheers, guys. Cheers.
1: So that was a really great interview from Danny. I'm definitely a convert to the podcast. Not sure if I'm a convert to Parkrun itself, but everything in time, I guess.
0: We'll get you eventually, don't worry.
1: (laughs) So what's next for you, Stuart? Stuart?
0: Well, depending on when we actually get around to recording and when we organise the day, I may or may not have done an ultra by then. Hey. Finally, this ultra that I've been building to by not training and by being injured, I might have actually finally done it. That's in two weeks' time at the beginning of May. And it's a ultra in Carmarthenshire, Bury Port.
1: Oh, okay.
0: uh, 50k, very, very hilly. It could be a disaster, but... I'm just going to walk and eat loads. So I don't yeah,
1: yeah, sounds like a good day out.
0: <laughs> Either way, plenty to complain about. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And Amy, what about you?
1: I'm basically, so past few weeks, it's all been about, you know, building my mileage. And I've been doing that. You know, last week I did, last week I did 29 miles in total, i have, you know. So I have actually been Ooh. building my mileage. It's been increasing. So my next goal is to do it without falling over. Yeah, That's the next stage. So we've gone beyond just building the mileage. That's all, you know, going ahead. It's just actually doing it without causing myself some sort of serious injury. I've had a few minor ones. So that's that's the goals, really.
0: We've got primary and secondary goals going on there. Yeah. That must be positive.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, nothing too exciting. Just trying to keep upright, basically.
0: Okay, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, if you've got anything to say about our bullshit running news or about our interview with Danny, you can tweet us at Running Is BS. You can search on Facebook, Running Is Bullshit, or you can email us, runningisbull at gmail.com. That is it for Running Is Bullshit this week. We will see you next time.
1: Later, dudes.
0: The cakes don't have uniforms, Amy.